Hop in and welcome aboard. It's your boy once again, Lance Fernandez, and this is the Limahan Basketball Podcast. A podcast about everything Philippine basketball, be it professional basketball, semi-pro basketball, collegiate basketball, 3x3 basketball, women's basketball, and everything and anything basketball under the Philippine sun. Glad that you can join us today in uh, this packed episode about the PBA Commissioner's Cup. And updates on uh, FIBA 3x3 Asia Cup and also the Jones Cup. So there will be a lot of international competition in this episode. And speaking of which, uh, we now tap on to our global partner that is Globally Ballin. And here to bring you the news and the odds for today, here is Aaron Aronson. Hey everybody, it's Aaron with your Globally Ball and Global Sports News. First, a look at some of the past games. The Golden State Warriors beat the Portland Trail Blazers to sweep them in four games after an overtime win, 119-117. This score is a combined 236. Had it not gone to overtime, the combined score would have been around 221-222. to This still is very high without overtime. Now a look at some of the upcoming PBA games. Northport plays the Aces at 4.30 p.m. After that, the Nelex Road Warriors play TNT at 7 p.m. Both these games will be at the Yanadas Center, and both will be Wednesday, May 22. So when it comes to uh, lines in the PBA, things can be uh, confusing and weird. So I'm going to just talk you through what I see here for the odds and lines. Um, first for the Aces against Northport. Looks like the Aces are favorite. The Alaska Aces odds to win are set at 1.61 to 1, meaning um, Rotary, <coughs> while Northport is at 2.625 to 1. As far as um, spreads, you can get a variety of options. The highest odds is Alaska Aces win by at least 5, and that's 2.03 to 1 ranging all the way down to they win by at least 2 and that's 1.66 to 1 odds. Northport on the other hand you can have them um, losing by no more than 3 and that's 1.988 to 1 or you can get them losing by no more than 6 which gives you more of a cushion and those odds are 1.63 now the interesting part is where it doesn't match up so you see that Northport at plus 5 is 1.75 to 1 whereas the aces are minus 5 at 2.03. Now in theory these numbers these odds should be the same because it's saying that on the one hand Northport is not going to lose by more than 5 and on the other hand it's saying the Aces will win by at least 5. So it's basically saying the same thing. The odds should be the same. Since they're not it's telling me that it's the beginning of the cup. We're not so sure about the imports. It's really hard to pick these lines. These lines are all over the place. They're obscure. They're vague. They're hard to find. They're hard to really decipher. It's all over the place. So if you think you know what you're doing, early on is sometimes the best time to do it. I know a lot of people who love to do college football eat early because that's when people really don't have these lines figured out yet. And if you know what you're looking at, you can do pretty well. Moving on, the total over-under is set at a variety. Again, you can get it anywhere from 200 to 203. Um, your highest odds are scoring over 200 combined um, with 2 to 1 odds, um, ranging down to they won't score more than 199 combined 
and that's 1.75. They will score more than 199, that's 1.75 to 1 odds. So again, it lets you kind of pick where you think, but for the most part, these numbers are in this area. What you want to do is look and see if these numbers are even close. To me, 200 seems high, but then again, we're just coming off the Philippine Cup. Or in the finals scores were lower imports tend to drive that number up tends to push that offense a little bit more and gets final scores a lot higher tends to we'll have to see in the first couple of games to see if that's actually accurate or not that was a lot of talk for one game so i'm going to quick through fly through the other one the road warriors in talking text um talking text is a pretty heavy favorite um the closest you'll get to one to one odds are talking text winning by at least seven and that's 1.64 to one so again that's it's higher than one to one for sure but um it's still telling you that they are pretty well expected to win and again we see the same thing we see talking text minus 10 at 2.01 and then the road warriors at plus 10 at 1.77 in theory the 1.77 and 2.01 should be the same number but they're not again because we don't know enough about these teams and their imports and that's what makes a lot of these foreign balls very interesting because they have these imports that can screw everything up and make everything a whole lot different it's something you need to really watch out for if you think you know what you're doing and you, you know these teams well or you know these players you've seen them might be something to look into total points again they range we're looking at anywhere from over 196 to over 200 and 200.5 um basically they have them scoring a combined three points less than the other game it looks like every game is going to hover right around 196 to 202 anywhere within that kind of range and six points is a big deal but that gives you at least gives you a gauge to look at combined scores if you're watching games and teams are not making anywhere close to 200 this is something to look into the lines might change they might not we've seen in the nba it seems like 218 is such a common over under combined score line it looks like right now for the commissioner's cup we're getting 200 again that's a lot higher than we saw in the philippines cup but um it's also because we have an import offense changes tends to be a lot more points so there you go there's a really in-depth look now that those lines for the commissioner's cup are starting to spill out a little bit something to really watch out for as far as upcoming nba games the bucks and the raptors continue their series and we'll finish up game four by the time you hear this the game is at the raptors at this point even though it's at the raptors the bucks are a two and a half point favorite and the over under is set at 217 and a half again like i said that's pretty average i'm watching it right now and the raptors are currently up by about 16 with a score of 93 to 109 with four and a half minutes left in the game going into this game Giannis was set with a total points over under of 26 and a half points in his last game he had 14 under this with 12 points while Kawhi leonard is set with a total over under pointage of 31 and a half points in his last game he had five over this with 36 points something you might want to watch out for in the future is Giannis's over under on rebounds for this game he was set at 13 and a half now this is a lot but last game he had 23 rebounds we'll have to um, get a better idea of this following uh, the game going on right now finally for your headlines following some fantastic and exciting games CC Rondina was named the UAAP season 81 athlete of the year Rondina led UST to the finals against Ateneo UST eventually lost in game three but the work and skill of CC was not overlooked. On the other hand, in the high school division, Kai Soto was named player of the year in his team sport division. Charles Rhodes has noted that the talent level when it comes to the imports in the Commissioner's Cup this year has greatly increased. To note a few, Terrence Jones of TNT, Justin Brownlee from Barangay Hanebra, Denzel Bowles who plays for Rainer Shine,
Washington, as well as Rob Dozier of the Phoenix Pulse, are all slated to give Rhodes a little extra work. Finally, Chris Ross is not eligible to play in the FIBA-sanctioned tournaments since he got his Philippine passport after he was 16. However, since the Southeast Asian Games have much more relaxed rules on who can play for who, Ross is hopeful that he will be able to represent the Philippines on the court for the 2019 Southeast Asian Games, scheduled to be in Manila from November to December 2019. I'm Aaron with your Globally Ball and Global Sports News. Thanks. Thank you very much, Aaron Aronson, for news and odds. And to keep the ball rolling as we put our focus on international competitions, the Mighty Sports Philippines will uh, once again compete in the 2019 Jones Cup from July 12 to 21, of course, in Taiwan. And uh, they will be bringing in uh, some new players such as uh, Mikey Williams, a former Asian Uh, ASEAN heritage import for Saigon Heat and also one of uh, the familiar players uh, in this soon-to-be roster is Aaron Black of uh, formerly from the Ateneo Blue Eagles as we all know uh, Black uh, of course the son of uh, Morocco Bolts head coach Norman Black uh, played four years for the Blue Eagles before um, not using Uh, his final year of eligibility and uh, he will soon uh, suit up as well for the Quezon City Capitals in the Maharlika Pilipinas Basketball League. So uh, once he starts uh, the MPBL, then he will join uh, Mighty Sports for um, more than a week to participate in the Jones Cup. And of course, uh, the team will still be coached by uh, Charles Chu who also coached uh, Mighty Sports in uh, the Dubai Invitational last year. And they will still be joined by uh, the core that uh, gave success uh, to Mighty Sports in uh, that Dubai in- International Basketball Championship, which happened, by the way, this year in January. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it's not 2018, but this year in February. So guys such as uh, Jeremiah Gray, Roosevelt Adams, and uh, Jason Brickman who formed the nucleus of that uh, bronze winning uh, squad will be back uh, in the fold for Mighty Sports. And they will be joined by uh, MPBL Datu Cup most valuable player for the season, uh, Gab Banal of uh, the uh, Bacoor Strikers and veteran Joseph Yo, who has uh, played in several battles in the UAAP and the PBA at that. So it looks like a, a solid team, a solid nucleus as well for uh, Mighty Sports. Of course, the addition of Black would be beneficial. They would have a facilitator inside, not just Brickman. So Black can spell uh, a few minutes of rest for Brickman. And then uh, you have shooters such as Banal and Joseph Yo. And of course, you have the big guys like Gray and Roosevelt Adams. So uh, that will be a good mix for them coming into the Jones Cup this July. And I believe that Coach Chu would like uh, their chances of winning. However, it might not be easy because uh, the Jones Cup 
is close to the start of the FIBA World Cup in China. And national teams might use this tournament as a tune-up in preparation of, uh, of course, the bigger competition, which, which is the World Cup. So it can either go both ways. They can use it as a tune-up or they opt not to uh, participate their national teams at that in order to get some rest and to avoid injuries as well. So um, one of the two scenarios could happen. But uh, regardless of the situation, of course, as always, the field that will participate in the Jones Cup will not be easy. Uh, It's not a a walk in the park. And last year, um, the... Ateneo squad, Ateneo Pilipinas, uh, did well. Uh, they shocked some teams uh, with coach uh, Tab Baldwin at the helm. And let's see what happens with uh, Mighty Sports when they participate in uh, the 2019 Jones Cup. So they will have seven locals on the team. Uh, but that's not yet the complete roster aside, from, of course, the seven locals and then the reinforcements. Uh, they are still looking to add uh, high-caliber high caliber guest players to the team. Uh, they're still looking to uh, uh, maybe a former NBA player perhaps, like what Lamar Odom did during the Dubai uh, basketball tournament. Uh, let's see what happens. We don't know, but... Uh, Exciting things are coming for uh, the Mighty Sports Squad for the Jones Cup. Of course, we hope and pray and we wish that uh, they would do well. If not, uh, bring home the title because that will be another feather in the cap for our country in terms of international basketball. So we at the Limahan Basketball Podcast support women in sports, most especially women's basketball in the Philippines because uh, it is an underappreciated, underpublicized facet of the game. Uh, The men's game get a lot of publicity, get a lot of fanfare, but the women's side um, doesn't enjoy the same uh, popularity and uh, doesn't enjoy the same attention as the men do. And that's why, as much as possible, we would like to include a segment, as always, in the Limahan Basketball Podcast for women's basketball, especially for the great achievements of the women in sports. And we have uh, great news uh, lately because uh, the NU Lady Bulldogs, uh, the historically great NU Lady Bulldogs at that because they haven't lost in 80 games which transcends for about five seasons already. So uh, that's 80 and 0 uh, for uh, the awards of uh, Coach Patrick Aquino. Uh, they will be receiving an award of excellence in the 2019 Chukstago Collegiate Press Corps Awards. And that's great news because finally uh, their, their achievement will be recognized, uh, their uh, historical and monumental achievement that spans five seasons. So Given that uh, there are always players who leave or graduate at the end of the season, just imagine uh, the different rosters that they've had throughout those five seasons and yet they haven't lost a single game. So that's uh, 
an impressive and commendable feat at that. And of course, accepting the award in behalf of the Lady Bulldogs are their star players. Uh, senior guard Rina Balan will be there. Uh, Rena Itesi, their, uh, their center from the, the, the Democratic Republic of Congo. Of course, uh, Jack Animam. And uh, other players, Kay Pingol and Monique Del Carmen, will be there to receive the Award of Excellence. And that's a great uh, testament to what they have achieved, not just for one season, but rather five seasons. Um, there's no other way to summarize their greatness, but they are a dynasty in women's basketball in the UAAP. And it seems like the end of their winning streak is nowhere in sight. Because they still have the best players in uh, UAAP women's basketball. So it could extend for one season, maybe two. Well, we never know. But uh, we should pay more attention to what they're doing because it's not easy to continually win. There have been close calls uh, for them to uh, ha- suffer that first loss. But uh, they always find a way to push through. And always find a way to keep their uh, record immaculate. So congratulations to the NU Lady Bulldogs. Finally, you've been recognized for this uh, dominating uh, achievement that spans over half a decade. And may you continue to rack up the victories and the titles in UAAP Women's Basketball. And also, on International Women's Basketball, we're very proud that uh, our Philippine uh, 3x3 team in uh, the FIBA Asia 3x3 Cup has set another record for having uh, the biggest margin of victory in 3x3 basketball history. That's uh, organized 3x3 basketball at that. And we have to give credit to April Bernardo, Janine Pontejas, Claire Castro, and Jack Daniel Animam for defeating uh the ladies from Samoa with a huge margin 21 to 1 yes that's not uh, a glitch that's not an error that's the final score 21 to 1 so that's a 20 point advantage for our, our ladies and eventually members of Perlas Pilipinas so just imagine how difficult it is to stop your opponent to just one point so that's how dominating the performance is because uh, chances are that when things are not going right inside the paint, then your opponent can knock down some jumpers or three-pointers. So that would give them two points. But in this case, it was just an imposing uh, performance for our ladies and uh, they were able to limit their opponent to a solitary point. Um, and uh, that point actually was even uh, made uh, about uh, four minutes into the game. Yeah, four minutes into the game, uh, Samoa made their lonely point, and the Filipinas just kept on pounding. And eventually, they were able to uh, drill the winning scores, courtesy of Pontejos, with still. Uh, Two minutes and uh, about uh, 30 seconds on the clock. So they didn't need the full time to reach the 21 points. And uh, they won convincingly against Samoa. And uh, that's not the uh, only victory that they had. They also had uh, a victory over Chinese Taipei. And um, 
if they can sweep uh, their pool, then they would go on to the FIBA Asia 3x3 Cup tournament proper. So uh, let's hope and pray. Let's uh, continue to uh, cheer them on. Let's continue to throw our support, especially to our women's basketball players because they don't get much love and they don't get much support from fans. Um, they also prepare the same way as the men do. Um, and uh, they receive all the support that they can get because they also endi- uh, endure a lot of sacrifices just to be able to represent their schools and the country. So hats off to the annual Lady Bulldogs. Hats off to our uh, FIBA Asia 3x3 team. Uh, may you continue to gain more success down the road and uh, may achievements like this uh, start uh, a tidal wave of support a tidal wave of uh, appreciation and a tidal wave of uh, love for women's basketball in our country You're still tuned in to the Limahan Basketball Podcast with me, Lance Fernandez. And a previous segment, we've been giving uh, shout-outs and love to our uh, women players. So in this segment, we uh, go to our uh, Filipino uh, representatives in uh, the FIBA Asia 3x3 Cup. And that includes uh, Richie Rivero, Barclay Abonia, uh, Ryan Amsali, and RJ Abarientos. And uh, unfortunately... Uh, they didn't make it to the next phase of competition. But uh, there were some uh, moments by which uh, will make us proud of being Filipino. Uh, of course, they won uh, their last game of uh, the pool. Uh, they won uh, their match against uh, Samoa to the tune of 22-15. Unfortunately, they couldn't make it to the next round because... Uh, they were at a tie with Qatar, but with Qatar winning against them earlier, then it's the Qataris who are moving to the next phase. So it is the end of the road for our Pinoy team in uh, the FIBA Asia 3x3 Cup. And uh, we all wish that uh, they would uh, breach through the, the qualifiers. Unfortunately, things uh, didn't go according to our hopes uh, of course one is that uh, Richie Rivera suffered an ankle injury and that uh, limited uh, the team to just uh, three men so after uh, losing their first two games and then Rivera uh, went coming down to injury uh, seems like um, the Philippines uh, has uh, is, is um, going towards uh, a bad showing or a bad performance in uh, the qualifiers. Unfortunately, uh, good for us though, uh, the the puso of uh, the remaining players just uh, unraveled or just uh, went out, especially uh, the smallest of them all, Abarientos, against uh, one of the powerhouse teams in Asia, Iran. Uh, We're in... uh, most of the people expected that they would lose given the odds stacked against them. Uh, 
Abaryentos uh, had a dazzling performance against the Iranians, uh, the taller, more athletic Iranians. Were in, uh, he also suffered an ankle injury during the game. And then he went on to score 18 points, seven of which are two-pointers. And that was enough to bring the Philippines over Iran for an upset victory. So uh, that's a mon- monumental feat for uh, Abarientos, Ebonya, and Amsali to defeat uh, a juggernaut, so to speak, in 3x3 basketball in the region in Iran. So that's a sense of pride and a sense of uh, confidence for us uh, coming into the game in uh, against uh, Samoa. Uh, we're in, uh, they just uh, continued the momentum and went on to win with, again, Abarientos leading the way with 14 points. And then Amsali added 6 and Ebonya added 2. Uh, over to Samoa, uh, their players, McFarland and Levy, had five points each, but uh, their effort was not enough. Um, our, our boys held on to victory, and it's a good showing given that um, we have two wins and two losses, so it's neither good, neither bad. But of course, we can argue that uh, if Rivero did suffer that injury, and of course, Abarientos as well, uh, good things could have, um, or better things could have come out from this. Uh, from this stint in uh, the FIBA 3x3 Asia Cup that uh, we could have um, mustered or collected enough wins to go into the next phase. So regardless, uh, this is a great experience for uh, these four players. Uh, It seems like they're already building chemistry amongst each other. And with uh, more playing time together in... uh, this uh, facet of basketball they could form a solid squad that will eventually um, go places possibly and eventually uh, rack up the wins in 3x3 basketball to raise our standing in uh, in the world rankings because uh, the the Olympic uh, by November 30 uh, we have to reach number 24 in order to qualify for the Olympics in this discipline. So we are at number 29, number 30 right now, I guess. Uh, and uh, we're getting there. And those wins that um, we racked up would certainly amount to points that could uh, elevate our ranking a bit. But it would have been better, of course, if we uh, survived the qualifiers and went on to the main uh main competition because uh, more games would translate to possible more points but um, that was not meant to be but still a great effort for uh, Amsali, Ebonya, Abarientos and Richie Rivero and we hope that um, the Samahang Basketball ng Pilipinas will keep on um, adding uh, wood to the fire that we have started in VX3 Basketball there has been a uh, uh, Tremendous support in 3x3 basketball with uh, Chooks to go uh, uh, supporting a league like a pro 3x3 league and then the UAAP um, also organizing their own 3x3. NCAA as well is organizing their own 3x3. So there's um, 
uh, increase uh, appreciation for for this facet of basketball, and that's why uh, it won't be long before we rise in the rankings and hopefully reach that magic number for us to qualify for 3x3 basketball in the Tokyo Olympics next year. After a dominating performance against uh, the Colombian Jeep in uh, their PBA Commissioner's Cup 2019 opener, the Alaska Aces came up short against uh, the Northport Barangpier uh, to the tune of a huge margin, 103 to 81, in favor of uh, Coach Pedro Harencho's squad. And it's fascinating that Sean Anthony and Robert Bollock. Uh, came off the bench and combined for 41 points. Uh, Sean Anthony scored 22 of those points and was named the player of the game. And he only di- he did it by only playing 26 minutes. So imagine the efficiency of uh, Sean Anthony in that aspect. Uh, he shot nine of 19. Uh, field goals, nine uh, uh, nine attempts, uh, nine converted out of 19 attempts for 47%. So that's an impressive uh, clip for him. And he also had six points and four rebounds. So that's a pretty good uh, all-around performance for uh, Sean Anthony. And also Bollick had 19 and had uh, two out of five uh, three-point uh, made. And he also had... Uh, five assists to go uh, with his 19 points so those two men alone outscored the Alaska bench uh, and the other aspect by which uh, Northport was able to secure their first win is uh, through defense because uh, they force uh, the Alaska players to uh, cough up uh, 20 turnovers but more importantly Uh, 15 of those thern- turnovers were steals by Northport so they were active on the passing lanes anticipating uh, and telegraphing the passes and that's why out of those uh, turnovers of Alaska they were able to score 23 uh, points out of those 20 turnovers so that's a huge win Considering that Alaska only scored 13 points off turnovers of uh, Northport, so the Batang Pier uh, did a better job uh, taking care of the basketball. That is, they did a better job executing also, and um, they they did uh, they did play a solid game with um, no one really standing out. That's uh. Uh, what I can say about their performance everybody just contributed and that balance uh, allowed them to uh, get their first win in uh, as many matches uh, even their import Prince Ibe uh, didn't do bad he had 19 points and 13 rebounds uh, I guess he's uh, getting himself accustomed to the style of play here in the Philippines and we can they can only hope especially uh, the bottom pair can only hope that He would eventually improve from this performance and uh, put up better numbers because uh, 
as they go along they will uh, battle tougher opposition but still uh, it is a great performance for the bottom pair and as for uh, the Alaska Aces uh, only Daniels and uh, Simon and Cecil were in double figures Daniels had 21 and Cecil had 10 and uh, from the bench so there's a third player for Alaska in double figures that's uh, MJ AI with 10 also but aside from those three everyone uh, scored nine or less and as uh, for Northport a lot of them were in double figures that's one two three four five players and if you uh, would like to count Paulo Tao who had nine so that's almost six players who were in double figures so good distribution of the ball good um, good anticipation of who will the open man will be and just a solid performance for the Batang Pier uh, overall performance they really played as a team that's all I can say and of course if they continue this trend and then if Prince eBay can improve then things are looking up for the Batang Pier and as for the Aces um, they should find a way to have constant production throughout the game because if you remember their game against uh, Colombian uh, they they won the game they essentially won the game in the third quarter with that dominating performance and as for the other quarters uh, the scoring was uh, close so there are times that they can really uh, shoot the louts, lights out and rack up the points but there are times that their offense gets stale and um, they are having a hard time uh, finding a basket so coach Alex Compton should devise uh, strategies and ways to uh, keep that offense flowing uh, if need be um, tinker his rotation uh, to have some of his scorers coming off the bench uh, but uh, it will be theirs to decide uh, whether um, they would need to adjust or whether they would keep on uh, their recent uh, or their current uh, starting lineup but uh, congratulations to Northport again. Um, great start to the PBA Commissioner's Cup. Hoping, of course, uh, Pido Harencio and uh, the rest of the team, hoping that they can uh, continue this momentum. And for Alaska, I hope they bounce back and uh, do better in their next game because they do have a solid lineup and um, they, can, uh, they have shown in their first game that they, that they can compete uh, against the rest of the field. So if the Northport Barang Pierre defeated the Alaska Aces with uh, their balance scoring with uh, Sean Anthony and Robert Bollock and also uh, Prince eBay leading the way, it was pretty much one guy for the TNT Catropa uh, victory over the Enlexa Road Warriors and that is uh, former NBA player Terrence Jones. Uh, who uh, played as advertised, if I may say. And he played for 36 minutes or a shade under 37, uh, 36.55 to be exact. And he got 41 points of 16 out of 33 field goal shooting. That's 48%. 
and uh, he uh, he paired that with 14 rebounds, four assists, and uh, two block shots. So it's a busy and productive day in the office for Terrence Jones and the TNT Catropa. Based on this uh, game alone, seems like uh, they have found the gem of an import in uh, the former Houston Rocket. Uh, unfortunately, there was a shank in his armor. His uh, three-point shooting uh, was just one out of seven. Uh, you can also argue that uh, his free-throw shooting uh, is a bit subpar. He had eight uh, conversions out of 19 attempts, so that's less than 50%. So this could play out uh, as the season goes along, especially uh, come uh, close games wherein... Uh, the other team uh, needs to stop uh, TNT and Terrence Jones is inside the court so they could foul him and uh, pressure him to convert uh, free throws and get points from the line so that could be a factor but uh, for this game at least uh, it is not and uh, they have uh, just uh, pummeled uh, their sister company the Enlex Road Warriors to the tune of 102.87 and of course Jones leading the way with 41 points but there are two other Catropas in uh, double figures with uh, Anthony Semerad with 11 and Kelly Williams with 10 but uh, it was really uh, the Terrence Jones uh, show and uh, it had uh, good ratings on his debut if I may say and just like uh, the Northport Barang Pier also uh, they dominated uh, TNT dominated NLEX on the defensive end as well uh, they had uh, 9 steals as compared to 4 by NLEX and they also had uh, only 10 turnovers for the Catropa and uh, they were able to force NLEX to commit 21 so that's more than double their turnovers and out of those turnovers, 21, they scored 17 points as compared to NLEX 8 points of turnovers. So that's a big swing as well. And also another glaring advantage for uh, the Catropa are points in the paint uh, wherein they doubled the NLEX total of 56-28. And also second chance points. Uh, 33 to 17 so this is the Terrence Jones factor uh, playing out for the TNT Catropa and um, let's see how he builds on from this performance uh, on the other hand his counterpart Curtis Washington uh, didn't have that great of a game uh, subpar game at that uh, for import standards he had 18 points also had 16 rebounds so had more uh, boards than uh, Terrence Jones but of course, uh, we look to imports uh, for scoring mainly. And uh, you could argue also that uh, Curtis Washington joined the NLEX four days, four days prior to this game. So uh, he's not accustomed to coach uh, Yang Giao's system yet. And maybe he's not yet familiar with the nuances and the tendencies of his teammates. So uh, we'll give him that. And hoping that uh, come their next game, he would improve his performance and be more com comfortable playing with the Road Warriors. But uh, the, the biggest news here still, going back to uh, the best player of the game, uh, bar none, 
uh, Terence Jones uh, dominated the Road Warriors. And let's see how uh, he continues this trend. If uh, he will, uh, of course, 41 points uh, in a game is hard to maintain. But uh, at least uh, be as dominating uh, as he is, uh, especially in the rebounding and inside the paint. Uh, that would, uh, with him, with him inside, uh, expect the likes of uh, Roger Pogoy and even Jason Castro to benefit because now that the teams have seen how uh, Terrence Jones plays, then there would be times that they might call a double team to stop stop him to um, not let him uh, impose his will inside, and when that happens, one of their shooters. Uh, could be open could be Semerad could be Pogoy could be Jason Castro so let's see how that dynamic unfolds for uh, coach uh, Bong Ravenna and if uh, Terrence Jones would um, be uh, an adept passer when uh, he senses the double team so uh, so far so good for uh, the TNT Kratropa a good start for uh, their conference and of course uh, hoping for more wins as well Uh, hopefully um reach uh, the the semifinals if not the finals of this conference and they can do just that if um, Terrence Jones continues this trend but more importantly get ample support from the locals because uh, as we all know in team sports no one can carry a team alone and it would take all of them to garner more wins and take all of them to possibly lift the championship trophy after this tournament. And we've come to the end of another episode of the Nimahan Basketball Podcast. Thank you very much for listening and tuning in. If you have messages, comments, or suggestions about this production, this podcast, please feel free to do so via our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash limahanpodcast. Facebook.com slash limahanpodcast. Also, if you could kindly subscribe to our podcast, it is available through Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio. And just search limahan, or type limahan on the search field rather, and our podcast will appear. Once again, this has been your boy Lance Fernandez, who is always telling you that life is a ball. Never settle until the final buzzer. Thank you and God bless.